0: It's time for your weekly Dental Evolution session of fun and educational information for dental professionals. Dr. Tony Sirachi from Momentum Management and Emmanuel Recupero from Dental ED are proud to present dental education to you in their unique blend of casual conversation. It's high in energy and high in value. And now, over to our hosts...
1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to session four. Tonight, we're going to go into the how to communicate with the patient based on their disc profile, and that is the behavior traits. How to read that behavior trait in about the first five to 10 minutes and get a gauge to how you should be communicating with the patient more efficiently. So ultimately, they say yes to your trick. So that's what we do tonight. Tony. How are you, Dr. Tony Sirachi?
2: Good evening everyone and welcome. And I'm looking forward to another really exciting session of dental evolution. Thank you for joining us.
1: Excellent. So Tony, shall we get started with the presentation?
2: Let's get started. And what we're going to start with is we're just going to do a little bit of a recap of what we've been talking about over the last three sessions and what I taught you in the pre-clinical interview is to find out who your patient is and what your patient wants. So we were working out what their motivators were. So what brought them into the practice to see us. And we've also been working on trying to determine what their concerns are. And their concerns in this type of discussion is a concern that would prevent them from saying yes to their dental treatment that you're going to present at the end of the session. So we're finding out what their motivators are. We're finding out what their concerns are. And the next bit of information we need to put all the pieces of the puzzle together is that we want to find out a bit more about the patient and their behavioral type. Now, once we know who the patient is, what they want, and then we know what they clinically need, we tie it all together in a big knot and then we present it to the patient. So that's what we're working towards here. And there's been a lot of steps along the way, but we're getting there. So how do we tie that knot and find out who the patient is and what they want and then put it all together? What we do, first of all, is we make them write whatever idea they come in with. We need to confirm to them that's the right idea. So if they're saying something like, oh, my teeth are looking chipped and stained, then we're going to agree with them, okay? And we're going to say, yeah, you're absolutely right. We could definitely do something to help you with that. So the next thing that I want to talk to you about is a verbal skill called a benefit and a procedure statement. So this is really important when you're talking to a patient is that you want to talk to them. You want to give them the what's in it for them first. Okay. So the benefit to them for doing something. Let's have a look at the example that's up on the screen here. If a patient has said to you, oh, look, it's really important. I want to keep all of my teeth. Then before you present the treatment to them, it's a great idea to use their words and say something like, Emmanuel, because keeping all of your teeth is so important to you, I recommend that we do X, Y, Z. Okay. So we are giving them the benefit And then we're giving them the procedure. So this is why it's so important that we've got our DAs and our clinical team helping us by writing notes and making sure we've got everything in the patient's words on our clinical records so that we can come back to it later and we can utilize this information. So it's really important that you put the benefit first. Now, I always like to use this example of a root canal. So let's say we've got a patient that's come in and they're an emergency patient and they've come in pain and they need a root canal treatment. Now, if you say to the patient, Mrs. Jones, you need root canal treatment so that we can get rid of the pain. What you've done is you put the procedure, the root canal treatment before the benefit. And as soon as the patient hears the procedure, something goes off in their head and they start going, oh, I've heard about root canals before. They are painful. They cost a lot of money and they don't work. And so the patient is already in the negative headspace before you even tell them why they need that treatment. So we need to be smart. And the best thing to do is to put the benefit for the patient first and then tell them the procedure. If we put the benefit first, then we've got the patient in a positive headspace, and the patient will be saying, yeah, so watch this, So instead of saying, Mrs. Jones, you need root canal treatment so that we can get rid of the pain, we're now going to turn it around and we're going to say, Mrs. Jones, I know you've had a night up in pain. We want to get rid of that pain for you. And the best way to get rid of that pain is to do a procedure called root canal. Now, totally different. But what Mrs. Jones has been doing when you said you've been up all night in pain, she's going, yes, I have. Yes, I have. And she's already in the positive head space and is more likely to say yes to your root canal treatment. So that's just a simple example to explain benefit and procedure statements. And this is how we're going to present our treatment to our patient. Once we've got all the pieces of the puzzle all together and we can bunch it all up and then present it to the patient in the way that they best communicate. That's just the little formula for a benefit and procedure statement. So now we're going to get into DISC. And those of you that haven't heard about DISC before, DISC is a behavioral typing system. Now, there's plenty of behavioral typing systems out there. This one we like to teach in dental practices because it's pretty simple and easy and you can quite easily see what your style is. As well as see what other people around you, what their potential styles might be. So it's so important. And this little triangle up on the screen there shows that you need to know what your style is. You need to know what your team members' styles are. And you need to know your patient's style. And when we know all of these different facets of behavioral types in our interaction, in our little triangle, it makes communications. So much easier. So this is what I want you to be thinking of when we're talking about this is that you need to picture up everybody that's involved in the situation, not just the patient and not just yourself. Okay, this is what I think is this in a nutshell. And what I often suggest when people are learning this is that they make a copy of this slide. And they laminate it and they keep it in their surgery next to their computer so that they've got it for easy reference so that you can quickly and easily determine what the patient style might be in front of you. So if you have a look at the square, we've got a D in the upper right corner. We've got an I in the upper left corner. We've got an S in the lower left corner and a C in the lower right corner. Now The D stands for director and this is a certain behavioral type where often a director is like the word says quite direct. They are an ideas generator. They are quick thinker and they want the best results. So they are short, sharp and snappy. Okay, that's what a D type person is. Now let's move over to the I. The I is an influencer type person. So they are the type of person who is happy and persuasive and they're popular and they tell lots of stories and they use lots of anecdotes. And I'm going to go into these behavioural types in more detail in a moment, but I just want to give you an overall outline of each type and you can be thinking about where you might be sitting in these types. So the next thing I want you to have a look at is the yellow line above the D and the I. This is really important for you to recognize is that the D and the I type behavioral types really need recognition. So that's what spurs them on in life. They want to be recognized. They want to be told they're great. They need to be told they're doing a good job and that what they're doing is making a difference. That is really important to them. And when you know that these are the things that these type of people need, you can start talking to them in a different way in the language that they understand. So I can see that there's lots of you coming online at the moment. I'd really love for you to give me some likes if you're liking the content. Ask me some questions. I'm more than happy to answer questions as we go along. So please make sure that you're interacting with us. That's what the beauty of this whole... Facebook stuff is so that we can interact and we can all learn from each other. So I've briefly gone through the D and the I. Let's now have a look at the S and the C type behavioral types. So an S type person is a stabilizer. So they're very dependable. They're very even tempered and they don't like to rub the boat. They are just a gorgeous, stable person who really likes to keep the peace right across the board with everybody. Okay. And the C is a conscientious type person. So they're very much into right and wrong. They are black and white. Fairness is very important to them. They're very prepared and detail oriented. They want to know all of the details about everything and they follow the rules. They don't like to step outside the boundaries. Now let's have a look at the yellow underneath the S and the C. The S and the C have an underlying need for security. So they really want to feel safe. And so whenever you're talking to an S or a C, if you can put safety and security into that to make them feel more safe, they are going to feel more comfortable with whatever you're talking about. Now let's have a look at the verticals, the yellows on the vertical. We've got the D and the C are very results-oriented. So they both want results, but they want results in a different way. The C wants results with preciseness and the D wants results quickly and from big pictures and from their ideas. Now, on the other side, the I and the S, they are very task oriented. So these types of people like to do tasks. They like things step by step and that helps them feel more confident with whatever you're suggesting, whatever you're doing. Okay. Hi Eddie. Yes, we are doing DISC. Absolutely. Okay. And then, well, what would you like to put in here at the moment?
1: Nothing much, Tony. I think you've said it very well. I don't know if anyone's guessed what my behavior trait is, but I'm fast speaking, animated, results orientated, does that give you a clue, Tony. And what about Tony? Has anyone figured out Tony's behavior trait at this stage? Very important that you learn how to pick up people's behavior traits fairly quick in the consultation so that this really does prepare you mentally as to how you're going to approach the patient in the long run or during the treatment. So, being results orientated fast, quick. I'm kind of looking. Don't
2: tell them. They have to put it down on Facebook and tell us what they think.
1: Down. Okay. So, okay. Here's a task What am I in my behavior trait? actually have two dominant behavior traits and two recessive. So what's my most dominant followed by my second? And Tony, what's her most dominant followed by a second based on what she's just explained to you here? This is your exercise. And as we go along, we'll see who's got it right. Okay.
2: Excellent. Excellent. Now, another thing is no one type is better than any of the others. Okay. So a D is not better than an S, is not better than a C, is not better than an I. So please don't think that you oh I wish I was this or I wish I was that you are who you are and the other thing is that it often changes our behavioral type changes in the different environment that we are in okay so when I am working as a dentist with patients in front of me I'm often a different disc type to when I am presenting to you in in a uh, presentation such as this okay so that's something that you need to think about. So when you do I'm going to put up a link in a moment for the disc behavioral type test that's free online. I want you to make sure that you wear your work hat. So I want you to answer the questions as you would if you were in the workplace, because it will make a difference. If you want to find out what you're like in your social life, then put your social life hat on and then answer the questions again. So it does change with our different environments, you can be a mixture and usually you're a mixture of two dominant as a dominant types, as Emmanuel explained before, and then two more recessive types. And the other thing is, as I said, no style is better than any other. So please don't judge people on their styles. We are using it for communication, not for judging people.
1: My style is better, Tony. Well, they're not
2: like pretty similar, Emmanuel.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We are slightly different. So has anyone sorted us out yet or worked out when our behavior trees look, have a go, please do. This is a good exercise for you because you will be challenged in practice with the same sort of scenario. So if you work it out here, at least you're you're thinking along the right lines, correct?
2: Excellent. And we've got some answers coming through Emmanuel. So you might want to have a look at that.
1: I'm seeing them already. Yes. Please keep coming, keep coming with more answers. We want to see without, what am I? A D I S C. Which one are my two dominant well, I get ones? I can tell him one what one? he is
2: everybody, but
1: anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Where is she? D I S C. What do you think she is? The two yeah. dominant types. Then that's all we need to know. The two dominant types. Okay. Excellent.
2: And just like Emmanuel said, this is you need to start getting really good at doing this and doing it quickly, okay, so that you can talk to your patients in a better way. Now, I truly am a believer that you cannot present treatment the same to every single person. Everybody is different. So I don't feel like that there is a one way of this is how we present treatment to people. We need to be what I call a chameleon. So a chameleon is a lizard that changes color with its environment, okay? It blends in with its environment. So if you have a D-type patient opposite you, then the best way to speak to that D-type patient is to try and match them in their directness. They are going to respect you more. They are going to feel like you are like them, so they will like you more. And we know that people are more likely to agree and do things that that people suggest if they like them. So this is about being a chameleon and learning to morph your style into the style of your patient that's opposite you so that you can communicate with them in their language So what does everybody think about being a chameleon? Does everybody recognize they need to be a chameleon? Let me know. Show me on the, show me on Facebook in the comments. Do you realize you need to be a chameleon? Okay. And can you do it? So there's a lot behind this. There's a lot of neuro-linguistic programming, NLP. There's a lot of body language, a lot of different parts that all come in here. We can't go into all of the detail in this one hour condensed session. But this is something that we can go into in more detail in the future if this is what people would like.
1: There you go. I'm going to disappear because I want to give you the full screen. I want to give you your space, your recognition. You
2: need that. Don't worry. You're giving some clues. Absolutely. All right. So I'm hoping that you're already trying to do, thinking about who you might be. So can you guys let me know if you have already determined what you might be in the DISC behavioural typing system, pop it in online. Let me know. Are you a D? Are you an I? Are you an S? Or are you a C? Now, there was the homework of going and doing this test before coming to this session tonight. But if you didn't get to do it, don't do the test now. Stay and listen to us, please. But then go back to the test later on and work through it and see what type you might be. All right, next slide again, please Emmanuel. So I think you can all agree that if we know about our patients a bit more, that it will be much easier to communicate with them. So this is something that we teach in Momentum Management Practices. So practices that we work with, we will actually train the whole team in this behavioural typing. And we all converse about our patients and talk about how we're going to communicate with these patients by recognizing their disbehavioral type. So let's say we have a patient that's coming in this afternoon and we recognized in our morning huddle that Felicity is an I type patient. So we know that Felicity is going to be quite optimistic. She's going to be friendly. She's a bit of a you know, a performer. She's a bit dramatic. She's a cheerleader type. She's popular, rad, And but she's very trusting as well. And we know that eye type behaviors really are very interested in how they look. They're interested in the aesthetics of their smile. So if we know this information before the patient is coming in, we can be prepared for this patient. So What we want to know here is for this patient to come in and have the best experience, we're going to talk about in our morning huddle, what are we going to do here? Oh, remember that she was, she was going away on holiday. Let's make sure we talk about that. Let's ask her how her day has been. We're going to tailor our conversation to this patient. Now, if you were talking to a D-type patient, they don't want to be wasted with time. They don't want they don't want to have general chit-chat too much. And they don't really want to be asked about their day and things like that. They just want to get to it. It's all about them and it's about getting the best results. So you would tailor your communication style to the different behavioral types. So other things about a director is that they're very energetic. They have lots of energy and they like change. They actually get bored really easily if they are stuck doing the same thing. They're very competitive as well. So Ds really like to win, all right? And they want to use their ideas to win. They are the decision maker and they're very self-motivated as well. So I want you all to think about a patient in your practice that might be a D type patient. Usually they're the type of patient that will come in and they'll look at their watch and they'll say, how late is she running? And then they'll jump on their mobile phone while they're waiting for the dentist, or they'll get their laptop out and they'll be doing stuff on their laptop while they're waiting for their appointment. That's the type of patient that a D type patient is. We've spoken about the eye, the cheerleader, the fun, the optimistic Mm. eye. They're usually quite noisy and cheerful and you can hear them laughing. So when there's lots of laughing coming from the surgery, it's often because we've got an I type patient who is socializing with the team in the surgery. Let's now talk about the S and the C because the D and the I are quite easy to pick out. The S and the C are much more
1: difficult. Emmanuel, what would you like to say? They are difficult. I find them hard to get along with because I'm almost the opposite, okay? So opposites in this situation don't attract. So be aware that in a working environment, The opposites do not necessarily attract in this scenario. Yeah. I find it very difficult to work with E's and S's a little, perhaps better with a C than an S, right?
2: Yeah. I think that's that's really important that you've, you've recognized that there are certain behavioral types that we probably feel more comfortable with because they're more like us. But the whole thing is that we need balance. We really need balance. And so in a team. If you had too many Ds, can you imagine what that would all be like? It'd just be, everybody just be bossing everybody around and nothing would get done, or if you had too many I's, everybody would be socializing
1: all the time. Nothing would definitely get done.
2: Nothing would get (laughs) done. Well, what we actually need is a balance of all of the behavioral types so that we have an efficient and empowered team. And this is something that when I am hiring people, I will actually give them a disc test to find out what their behavioural type is and to see whether they will fit in with the rest of the behavioural types that I already have in the team. Because we can get some clashes sometimes and it's often the Ds that will clash, okay? So because both Ds all want to be the boss, don't we Emmanuel?
1: Yes. Ds do clash. Yeah. So Ss get along, Cs get along, Is can get along. Ds are very domineering and direct and they can understand each other on a certain playing field, but they can be direct enough to cheese each other off sometimes. Yeah.
2: They can. They can. Okay. Let's get back to that slide and let's go through. As I was saying before, the D and the I are often quite easy to pick out because they really have outstanding behavioral types and you can recognize some of their behaviors quite easily. The S and the C are more difficult and I'm going to say for myself, the S is particularly difficult for me to determine. So I will often work out whether they are a D or an I easily. If it's a a no to both of those, then I'm going to look for are they a C? So are they logical? Do they ask lots of questions? Are they precise? Are they a bit reserved, but are they highly organized? And often this is the type of patient that will come in with a list and these are all the things that are going wrong in my mouth, or they're going to be asking for, or could you write that down for me? They are detail oriented. They want to know more of the facts and figures of things. So I would determine whether they are a D, an I or a C. And if they're not either of those, then they're potentially an S. And that's when I will then go in and see, are they, are they understanding? Are they approachable? Do they seem systematic? Are they predictable? And our S's are often helpers. So in a dental practice, you will find that most of your DA's will be S's. The beautiful S's that don't like to rock the boat too much. But if you go back to that square that I was showing you earlier on, D-80s, S's and C's, so S's in particular, need safety and security. They don't like things changing too much, okay? So they get out of whack. They feel unstable and insecure if we change things too much. And if you remember down on the vertical, it said that they like tasks. So we want to give them task lists so they can tick things off. So hopefully, describing these behavioral types is helping you understand how to relate to your team members better as well. Now, when we are working as a dentist, we are often a C because that's the nature of the work that we do. We, are, we have to be precise or our bond is not going to work, okay? We are looking at things very black and white and it's either right or wrong and fairness is very big for a C. So we need to recognize that often in dentist mode, we are a C. Now, if you are a business owner, you need to have an element of D. Okay. You actually need to have an element of D to be able to direct your team. So that might be something that if you are a dentist and you're a business owner and you're totally C or you're a C We need to help you evolve into being more of a business owner and more of a D so that you can lead your team and help your team and your patients get better outcomes. Emmanuel, what would you like to say there?
1: I can see a scenario here where we have a environment where you have either a C dentist or an I dentist liking to be an influencer and optimistic and loves to be loved in an environment. And a C who likes precision and finds it very difficult to change. And we have an S, which is perhaps the majority of some of the stunt who don't like change. And then what we're trying to do is get someone who's, say, a practice consultant or someone who's direct in getting change. And you could imagine what's going to happen here, where we're requesting a change to happen. And there's a process of where people don't want to change and there's confusion. And so you can see that the whole process taking place with these personalities all coming into, or behavior traits coming into effect. Does that make sense? But I'm trying to say it's only. I think it's
2: really interesting. Um, I think you put a D into the mix. Sometimes it's a bit like putting a cat amongst the pigeons, okay? And there's people- the everywhere and everyone scatters. But it's very true. A D is really good at leading change. And If you want different results in your practice, I think you understand that you need to change. So it is important to have that element of D in your leadership team and your management team as well. Okay. Let's keep moving on because I want to teach you how to talk dentistry to the different behavioral types. So let's keep moving on. Next slide, please. Okay. So actually before we do that, it as we were just talking about then is that really I love DISC and I believe that you need to go back and you need to do this with your team members and explain it to them so that they understand where you're coming from and they also understand themselves better. Now people love finding out about themselves. They really do. So it's something that most team members love to do this test and find out about themselves. So go back to your teams in a team meeting and get them all to do the disk test so that you can see, do you have any gaps in your disk representation in your team? And next time you hire someone, what might you look at in hiring someone to balance that team out a little bit more? And it also is going to teach you how to talk to each team member differently, recognizing their disk behavioral type. Now, this was huge for me. This Made me change the way I practice dentistry. It made me change the way I led my team when I learned to treat people differently, not all stock standard the same. Okay. So sometimes we find out that our behavioral type means that we like dealing with a particular type of patient more. Now, I'm going to give you a really big clue here. I love D patients. Okay. These are so much fun for me. D's are just easy for me to get them to agree to my treatment plans. And yes, that's probably because I have quite a bit of D in my behavioral type and I relate to them really well. Now, a C type patient, even though when I'm a dentist, I'm, I do become more C, I find much more difficult. Because they need lots of technical answers to their questions and they want so much detail. And for me, when I'm when I've got my D hat on, that's too hard, too much like hard work for me. So if you've got a number of dentists in your practice, you might want to start looking at their behavioral types. And then you might want to start sending them the patients that match their behavioral type. As they ring up, your front office coordinators can often pick up what behavioral type they are, and then they can send that new patient off to the dentist that's going to relate to them the best. Other than that, you need to be that chameleon and you need to learn to change with each different patient that comes your way. So this (laughs) is the stuff that I love. And now I'm going to go through each behavioural type and tell you how to recognize that type of patient. So what are the clues that you're going to get that might tell you that this patient is a D and how do you then treat them? How do you present their treatment plans to them? So just short, sharp and succinct here, okay. So first of all, we're looking at the dominant director and verbal attributes. So the D talks more than they listen and they'll often talk over the top of you. And they don't mean to be rude. They're not rude. That's just who they are. And they, they can be a little bit impatient. Fantastic.
1: Fantastic. What
2: was that? Sorry.
1: There you go. What am I talking? You're talking
2: over the top of me. Absolutely. It's showing you what he is. Okay. And that's how it is, is a D will often talk over the top of you. Now, they have lots of verbal communication and they make strong statements. They're not shy in what they say. So often I know that when I was a new graduate, a female dentist, new graduate, I'm little. I know that the D patients would come into the practice and I would feel totally daunted with a D. Okay. So D, daunted. It was tough work. And believe me, number of tears, lots of tears, times when a D had made me feel really insignificant and small. But you know what? I learned how to deal with it. And it actually wasn't them that was making me feel that way. It was me not knowing how to communicate with them properly and match them in their communication style. So, let me know, people, let me know in the chat line here, who's felt that way before with a D? Who struggled with a D in their treatment presentation to a D? Okay, I want to know how you feel.
1: Manuel, are you saying something there again or not? No, I'm going to be here to help you out as well. Okay. Yeah, I to relate all of what we're saying here, not just in the clinical setting with the staff, but also with patients. We're talking about patients here. We're trying to not only teach you how to communicate with your own staff and understand their behavior traits and what makes them function better in a working environment, but in particular, how you communicate with patients and just putting what Tony's talking about in the scenarios of patients who come in to the practice. Now, does anyone remember a type patient that's come in re- recently? And how did you approach them? How did you get the best out of to answer your question before or the question that I posed as to what we are in our profiles, I am as if you were doubt an S C. No, and you're wrong. That's a, that's yeah. a, no, I am a D. R- like I, I F- don't you
2: F- you're wrong. Yeah.
1: Uh, I, I am direct. I'm um, results orientated, and also interactive. You always show Tony is a the reverse, slightly. She is a high I influencer and also secondary, she's a D, but she can switch them around as much as I can. So I'm more of a D, I, Tony's an ID. Okay.
2: I'm loving it. I'm getting some feedback here. Thank you, everyone. And please let us know how you're feeling. I'm getting, you're saying I struggle with Ds and somebody else is saying I find extreme D patients anxiety provoking. Guys, send me in some scenarios. I want to help you. This whole, whole module that we're presenting is to help you grow and evolve as dentists. Well, I want to know what the scenarios are so that we can actually say to you, wait try this next time. Why don't you do this? Let's grow and evolve together. I, I really want to help you with this because this is something that changes your life when you get a handle on it. Don't you think, Emmanuel?
1: Absolutely. I can understand. Uh, This is what we're trying to do in this series is we're calling a digital evolution for a reason here. We're trying to help you to evolve. We're taking a holistic approach into training a dentist to evolve from one level to another. Really tackling the issue of confidence here. And I hear that patients can be daunting. Especially a D profile, as one's just mentioned. And what we're trying to do is teach you to be confident how to approach them. And confidence is everything. Once you've got that, the confidence, and you've mastered that, everything steppens into success from that point on. So don't be daunted by a D. Just understand what a D is looking for, understand what people's behavior traits are looking for. And once you understand that, you shouldn't be daunted by approaching them. As you would know, I'm results orientated. Get to the point quickly, get to the message of what I already need and change your behavior trait to be a little bit more direct as well with me.
2: Okay. It's it's something that as dentists, we often got our C type behavior on. And if we are giving the patient too much detail, because we are C and we need to communicate that way ourselves. Do you know what happens to the D-type patient? They switch off. They actually go on board. This is too much. This overload. I just want to know what the best treatment is and give it to me now. So that's what a D wants. And you need to learn to match the behavioral type of the patient that's opposite you. But look, let's talk about the D a bit more. So we've already said that they they make strong statements. They They are quite direct in what they say to you. They have it interesting intonation which means their tone and their volume is usually quite loud but that's all about because it's all about look at me they want recognition and so if they're loud and they're exciting going up and down with their voice you're going to pay more attention to them so they've adapted themselves in that way now visually they will often take your hand and they will give you a really firm handshake and they will look you in the eye And if you're a C-type patient, you don't like that looking in the eye, directly in the eye. And that can be quite intimidating for you. A D is not, not a difficult person. It's just that you need to know how to respond to them. So service strategies with a D. Make sure you're running on time for them, guys. This is just really important. So if you... so. In a momentum practice, what we do is our office coordinators would get a sense of what behavioral type we have in the new patient that's coming in. And we will talk about that in our morning huddle. We want to be on time for our patients, all our patients, all the time. But for a D, it's even more important, okay? You need to be running on time. Otherwise, you set the whole scene for disaster, okay? You must run on time for your D. Then you need to let them know I would be saying something to Emmanuel, look, Emmanuel, I don't want to waste your time. Here is the best treatment plan. And I believe that you need to have this work done so that you don't have to waste your time coming in, having your teeth patched and repaired all the time. So why don't we block off a whole morning? Let's get you in, get all of the work done, and then you can get straight back to work after that. And I'll tell you what, Emmanuel, I'll get the girls to book that with your PA. How does that sound to you?
1: And sounds great. Beautiful.
2: So they don't want to muck around. They just want to get to it. So that's how I suggest you will treat a D. Now, obviously you've got the slides. There's some more information there for you. If you want to go back and look at a D and talk to us, let us know what your issues are and let's help you grow and evolve so that you can communicate better with every type of patient. And an eye is remember that when sin socializer, they are that cheerleader type person. They usually like to look good and they and, and smell good. Okay. They're often the ones that can wear bright colours. They'll have if they're female, they'll have their nails done. They can take pride in their appearance. Now, a male can definitely be an eye as well. It's not just a female thing. Now, and I also, they tell lots of stories and they use their hands a lot. I use my hands a lot, not just because I have Italian heritage, but because I am an I. Definitely use lots of body language. And that's all about look at me and give me recognition as well. And that's something that you need to understand. That an I will often be loud and they will laugh. And they are probably a little bit more informal in their speech and they're very touchy-feely. So they like to hug people, or they like to put their hand on you and say, thank you so much, Dr. Sue. you've done an awesome job. That's what an I type behavior is all about. Now, in their voice, when they're speaking, they have also had lots of inflection. So they go up and down because they want that whole look at me as well. And they uh, have a lot of variation in their pitch. So their voice once again goes up and down. They get very excited very easily. So you can hear me. I get excited. I start talking even faster. And that's what an eye does as well. As I said, visually very animated. They use lots of body movements and they're quite contact oriented. So I want you to think about how do you deal with eyes? Guys, how do you deal with eyes? Let me know while I go through these service strategies. Do you find them more easy, more difficult? I'm going to tell you that the eyes can be quite challenging because they like to talk a lot. And these are the ones that can often make you run late because they want to socialize. So you need to come up with strategies as to how to deal with eyes. Now, eye type patients are often very interested in aesthetics. So they're the type of people that you definitely talk about whitening and cosmetic dentistry with. They wanna know that this is what everybody else is doing. They get what's called FOMO, fear of missing out, okay? So eyes are important that you are letting them know what everybody else is doing, because that's what an eye wants to do. And they're very visual. So they like to see photos. They like to see befores and afters. So you should have that coffee table book of befores and afters, even if it's an amalgam billing, posterior amalgam, and then you're showing how it's been replaced to a, a ceramic or a composite. They want to see and they really like to get those visuals. All right. Now, with the eye, it's really important that you book them in pretty quickly after you've got them to say yes to their treatment plans, because if they get a better offer, They'll leave you alone and they'll take their better offer. So often they can be really excited on the day, but the longer you leave their appointment, that excitement wears up and then they might turn around and cancel their appointments, particularly if their best friend has just said, "Come on, let's go and have a glass and send me on while we and go shopping." okay? So this is something that you really need to think about with an eye. So, guys, I want you to tell me, how are you going with eye type patients? What difficulties do you have? Let me know in the chat, in the chat line, please. What difficulties do you have with eyes? Or are eyes really easy for you? Let's move on to the S. So the S is the steady relator. So when we are dealing with an S, we need to change the way that we behave if we're not an S. So I don't know if you've already recognized, but I'm actually not as loud as I was before. I'm not as excitable and I'm becoming more S-like. Now, I'm not doing this on purpose. It's just that when I've got an S opposite me, this is how I would then I change. i become that chameleon. So an S is often a little bit reserved. They will reserve their opinion. They need to get to know you. So you need to take that relatively slowly and an S and a C type patient are probably not going to say yes to treatment straight away. They need to develop a relationship with you more than the D and the I. The D and the I, you can pretty much get them to say yes to treatment quite easily on the first time that you meet them. Whereas the S and the C, They need more nurturing and loving, okay? So that's really important to recognize. So the S is less verbal. So they're going to come in, they're going to be very polite, but they're not going to want to rock the boat. They're going to agree to everything that you say and they're going to be, yeah, very polite and nice towards you. Important, as I said, that you don't be too full on with an S, okay? So being a D myself, I have to be careful with an S type patient. If I be my D self with an S, I can really upset an S patient and they might not want to return. As it says on the slide there, it's important that you build your relationship slowly with them, professionally, but slowly. And they want credibility. They want to know that you care about them. They like concrete reassurances that this is what you would do for your friends and family they often you can recognize them by they have more intermittent eye contact. They don't have that direct fixation of eye contact that a D would have. And they have slower body language and a more gentle handshake if you do shake their hand. So an S is someone that, you know, maybe, and I don't really like this terminology, but these are people that you probably want to plant some seeds with. So this is when you're going to be that farmer, and you're going to tell them the treatment that they need, but you're going to step back a little bit and let them get to know you before you, before they feel comfortable to say yes to your treatment plans. So an S is totally different in the way that you communicate with them in comparison to a D. Okay, so I've got somebody else here saying I oh, struggle with Ds. Okay, so it looks like Ds are the flavor of the month. Maybe that's something we should work on, Emmanuel. Is helping people with D's a little more. i take offence to that. Oh.
1: <laughs> How D's <laughs>
2: you are? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's funny. Okay, we've got one more behavioural type to go. So let's look at the C type patient. And as I said earlier on, the C is a patient who is very um, conscientious and they are quite cautious in their thinking. So a C needs lots of detail. And to be perfect and honest with you, I would rarely think that I would get a C across the line with a larger treatment plan. I rarely would get them across the line the first time that I meet them. And that's okay. And I have different tactics with a C type patient. Because remember, as I said to you, every type of patient we need to use a different tactic. We can't treat everybody the same. Patients aren't all lemons; they might be lemons and apples and oranges and pears, and we need to treat each one differently rather than have a consistent approach across the line for everybody. So, a C-type patient is often the type of patient that will come in and have their arms crossed like this, and sometimes. We can perceive them as being rude, but often it's because they they don't want to talk. And often it can be, they can be anxious as well. So don't think the patient sitting like this is just rude and they're not going to talk to you. You need to try and get to know them and open them up. And especially somebody sitting like this, you need to be exhibiting open body language. So you're talking with open body language. Don't sit there. Don't be tempted to sit there with your arms crossed like this as well, matching what they're doing. Otherwise, you're both not going to get anywhere in the conversation. So a C is fact and task oriented. So they want to know, they want to know all the facts and figures. And if you are a C type dentist, you probably love this type of patient because you'll probably relate to them really well. You love talking on that level with all the facts and the figures, and this patient wants all of that. But I want you to remember that's only one out of four types of patients that like all of that information and all of that detail. So if you are a C, you need to look at yourself and you need to work on adapting to the other behavioural types as well, not just do well with a C-type patient. So a C also has very limited sharing of feelings. They don't really like to tell you what's going on with them. They'll be quite closed and they do not like being touched. Now, by that, of course, I don't mean inappropriate touch. But what I mean is if you've got an I who loves to hug and loves to touch, and then you've got a C who doesn't like to be touched. There's a big clash there. Okay, now a C can even not really. If your DA is holding their hand or holding their or touching their arm when they're having LA, how DAs sometimes do that to help with the anxiety for so the patient. If you've got a C type patient, they're actually probably going to be more anxious from the person touching them than they than they are from the injection. So that's something really important to recognize. Like I said, they have limited sharing of feelings and they're much less verbal and more likely to be written. So they want written information or they might bring in information that they've read or they might say to you, I saw this on YouTube or I read this on the internet. So it's important that you, it's important that you recognize the patient you've got in front of you. I've got somebody here saying that they are a strong S, maybe why I find D's hard. Absolutely. You're polar opposite on that square. Okay. You've got your D up here and then your S here. So that's where you're finding the difficulty. And as Emmanuel said before, he struggles with the S sometimes too. Is that right Emmanuel?
1: True. It's because a D is in a way focusing in results and they can't deal with emotions very well. Ds tend to have a inner strength and they like things to be strong, direct and results oriented and focused. And an S to them, in some way, it feels like they're not getting the results. And so that can be frustrating for a D. And so how they deal with it is through the chase. And an S feels very sensitive to that. So that's why it's very hard for a D to work with a high S.
2: Absolutely. And it was interesting, Manuel said high S. but so if you exhibit a lot of the traits of, a, of one of the behavioral types, we will call you high S, low C, or, or it might be manuals are high D and I'm more a high I, okay? But we've got the traits of the D and the I ourselves as well. So with a C patient, how do we handle the C patient? You need to give them lots of information. So if I know that I've got a C patient from you and let's say I've done a comprehensive exam And then coming back for their treatment presentation, I will be all ready for this C patient. I will have everything printed out. I will have lots of resources for them to read. I'll have website links for them to go and look at. I give them a treatment folder, so a presentation folder with all their information in it. I give them a pad and a pen inside that folder. And I do not expect them to say yes to my treatment plan. What I say to them is, If Emmanuel was a C, I would be saying, Emmanuel, I know that you can't make a decision today, that there's a lot for you to think about here. And you need to process all of the pros and cons and work out what's right and what's wrong for you. See how I'm using that language of what is right for the C. Emmanuel, what I've done is I'm going to give you this treatment folder. I want you to go home. I want you to read everything carefully. I put a pad and pen there. So while you're reading, write down whatever questions you've got. And what I'll do is I'll personally give you a call in a couple of weeks and we'll go through all of these questions together so that you can work out what the best treatment is for you. How do you feel about that, Emmanuel?
1: Thank you very much for that, to Sirachi.
2: Excellent. So that is totally different to how I would treat the deep as you saw before. The D just wanted to be told, Ben, this is what we do. This is how we get it done. We love this behavioral typing. We are nearly at, we've got one minute to go. I'm going to see if there's any other questions here. Does anyone have any questions they'd like me to answer at the moment? I think this is something that really you need to work with, play with, and make sure that you talk to your team about this so that they know what you're trying to achieve as well. And please remember that there's no right or wrong, but what we can do with this is is we can learn to communicate so much better. And it's not just about communicating with our patients, it's with our team members, with our friends, with our family, and with our loved ones. If you know what your trauma style is, then you start talking to them the way that they understand the best, you're going to have a much better relationship and a more fulfilling life. So I hope you've enjoyed the presentation tonight and yeah, I'm going to throw back
1: to Emmanuel. Tony, I think I'd like to end with this point that it's equally important for patient, for dentists to understand how patients perceive the behavior traits in the dentist as well. So you've looked at, you're seeing these behavior traits in patients in the start, but equally patients have a perception of their own feelings as to what they're reading into their behavior traits. So an S person. Or an S dentist to me gives a feeling of comfort and understanding, emotional understanding, especially if I'm anxious in the chair. A high C profile like- dentist to me would give me the perception of accuracy, attention to detail. A high eye person I can connect with emotionally very quick and perhaps make decisions very quick as well as a result of that. And who else did I forget? And a D, D- one attention will take charge of the situation and tell me what's best for me and give me the exact results that I need and the direction that I need as well. So I think that's also an important point to make that, you know, even though we don't know what the labels are in these profiles or behavior profiles, we can certainly sense what it means by patients. Patients do sense that they can read it. That's what I guess I'm trying to relay in a roundabout way here. We can feel our way as to what Behaviour traits, the data display as well, and their staff, and we're trying to interpret it in, in, in what it means for us. Anyway, I think the have lost my sort of conversation. But anyway, Tarati, thank you very much for your time.
2: Very welcome.
1: Uh, I hope everyone's enjoyed session four. So please go through it with your staff as well. There's a lot here to learn from. It's very important once you master this technique and understand the behaviour traits you will certainly enhance your communication ability with your patients and definitely get really good results in really connecting with patients in many ways. And so do study this. It's very important. It's not something to be brushed aside. It's crucial in communicating with your patients. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dr. Tony Sirachi. I hope you all enjoyed it.
2: Bye.
0: And that's it for another session of Dental Evolution. Dr. Tony and Emmanuel invite you to follow them on Instagram and Facebook via Dental Evolution World. Or visit them at MomentumManagement.com.au or DentalED.com. Thank you for spending your valuable time with us. And we look forward to having you listening again in our next session.